Howdy, folks. This is Adam West, and you're listening to, oh, my God, Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio's Laugh Attack. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit, or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Better than crack whores. They never stay the whole hour. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Welcome to Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Kathleen McGee, and Dave Martin. Uh, this is a no hold show. This is a no holds barred talk show, and uh, talking about events in the news, pop culture, and the state of Canadian stand up comedy. We are back. It's 2012, and uh, I will throw it immediately to uh, Darren Frost. How are you doing, Darren? I'm doing well this week. How are you, Dave? I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Look at, that, look at that tone in my voice. Yeah, I couldn't be nice. more fucking chipper. You, you want to go backwards. You want to go faster. You're yeah, working the carny on the weekend. I'm the, it's the carny guy, guy operating the Polar Bear Express. That's right. A little touchy-touchy and you get a free little bear. I understand well, how it works. That's your carnival experience. is not mine. <laughs> right off the top. Okay. Right to the kitty touching. Uh, and, of course, Kathleen McGee is finally back live and in person. I'm here. Yay. Hey, I made it out of the gutter on New Year's Eve. I'm here. There we go. And uh, your New Year's Eve was good? Yeah, I was in Edmonton. I had a, a really good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. My, my New Year's kiss with Toby Hargrave. That's Whoa, great. that's nice. That's exciting. For those who don't know, uh, Toby's a huge country music star. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that name, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, also, right now. Yeah. he's also Gunther Pedro on yes. uh, Facebook, yeah. which quite frankly pissed me off the first because I think the first time I met him, I referred to him as Gunther. I right. know. Right. He actually told that story about She was like, yeah, I, I don't understand comics that don't know who I am. And then they then I was in I, I was at this one show at the Dominion in Toronto and some guy comes up and he goes, oh, you're Gunther Pedro. And he's like, no, I'm not. It's very usual suspect, that name, Gunther Pedro. That's why yeah. I'm like, I have no idea what it means and why. <laughs> no, but why would someone, why? Why no, he's would he... a fucking idiot. I don't know. I don't <laughs> he's know. Not a I know he's not. Idiot. I like Toby. Toby's the best. I like best. Toby. But, he's a but, great comic, a very why, funny guy. Why would he be surprised that someone would refer to himself as that if that's what he calls himself yeah, on exactly. Facebook? Facebook is yeah, the but truth. there are people. No, no, no. But he uses that Facebook for personal use, not for yeah. So that there are people promoting. he wants to talk to that don't know him as a fan or okay. just from comedy. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, See, there are people, Dave, that actually like people for non-comedy reasons. Yeah. Oh. Uh, unlike yourself, there's a very short window for that, so there's not a need for you to create an alias for that. Since you have to like invite people 80 million times to one event. Yeah. Oh, message okay. them right. 20. Right. Times. Maybe you should have a second. That way you can you can bother people 160 million. And you can times. call it Dave Morton because that's what you always say off the top. <laughs> The show, Darren Frost, Kathleen McGee, and Dave, Dave Morton. Morton. That's what the uh, the manager at Yuck Yucks, whenever he refer, uh, calls me to the stage, uh, if I'm emceeing or something like that. Right. Dave and your host for Dave, Dave Morton. That's <laughs> nice. how he intros me. A big uh, 2011 for most of us, and this uh, this year we're kicking off with a bang. We have uh, a great comic uh, as a guest this week. Uh, Terry Clement's going to be back, uh, or going to be back, going to be in the studio in a little while. And uh, before that, what's going on? What's uh, what's going on with you, Dave? Um, what's going on with me? Yeah, nothing. Um, nothing. 
Uh, you were going to bring no. up some topic you said right oh, off the top. Oh, remember? right. Well, I, well we, were, we were talking about the uh, sort of, I, I, in my opinion, the last piece of uh, douchebaggery among yes. uh, musicians in the uh, uh, in 2011 was uh, Seal Green changed the words of uh, the song Imagine on uh, Dick Clark's uh, Rockin' New Year's Eve, which quite frankly, Dick Clark should really retire from that because it's... Uh, Is he even on it? Because yeah. there was a couple years, he took a couple years off, so he's, he's back now? He's completely on oh, it now. Oh, right. Okay, Dave. And Dave. What a wonderful collection of people. Dave! What? It's gone he too far. He sounds terrible. It's gone too far. If Dave, Dick, if Dick, but, if Dick Clark ran across... Put a wig across, on it, you'd still fuck it, Dave. Dick Clark? Put a wig on it, you'd still fuck it. All right, what did, well, Dave, what did he change the lyrics to? He changed the lyrics of John Lennon's Imagine. I Imagines. don't know how to sing a song without a teleprompter. No, go ahead. Was Kurt, was Kurt Russell there? Kurt, not Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Which one is the one that's... Snake from, you know... No, not Kurt, Kurt Russell. Douglas. Kurt Douglas. Let's make fun of all the people with speech impediments. <laughs> Corky from Life Goes On. I like that song on what? Oh, he had a no. story... You know, if, if Dick Clark wouldn't hire Dick Clark right now... To uh, do the rock on New Year's Eve, so he should be fired. He shouldn't be doing that anymore. Come on. Okay, Have but what, what did he change? CeeLo he changed. Yeah. CeeLo changed um, the John Lennon lyrics of uh, "Imagine There's No uh, Heaven," uh, "Nothing to Live or uh, Nothing to Kill or Die For," and "No Religion Too." And CeeLo Green changed it to uh, "Imagine There's No Heaven," uh, "Nothing to Kill or Die For," and "All Religions True." I don't like that at all. Yeah, no, me either. That really pisses me off, actually, because. I can just see John Lennon like rolling around in his grave. That whole song is about no, it's just we're happy, we're nice people, we're not because religion is basically the reason for every war in this world. Of course, yeah. Re- religion is the reason why everyone fights. Right. I had a I, this is funny because I had a choir teacher in high school. Yes, I was in the choir. And uh, it was a Catholic high school, and he was also my religion teacher, and we did not see eye to eye. Like, I always argued with him about religion, because I'm not religious. I just went to this high school because it was close to my house. Right. But he ha- he would sing that song at liturgies, and then he would sing all the, the words, no religion to, in church. And I would always say to him, why are you singing this song? He's like, it's a beautiful song. I'm like, yes, it's a beautiful song about no religion. And I don't right. understand why people want to take what somebody writes as, like, a beautiful song. Well, I think I think the the message is that nobody wants to die or kill for religion. Yeah, and I you know I I guess someone that's religious would take that as I can understand someone saying that because I don't want to kill or die for religion. Well, I, I, think, I think John Lennon was just trying to imagine a world where there weren't all these things that right. separate us more uh, more than bring us together. And religion separates more people yes. than divides people. And uh, it's the, you know, it, it, it's just uh, the religion itself is basically um, for people that just can't keep their shit together. I mean, and they need to have a, a God to fear right. to keep them in line. Right. right? You know. And uh, just the idea that you need a book to tell you that it's wrong to kill. A but, lot of people uh, get get really upset when lyrics are changed. I to be to be honest, I don't really care that often unless it changes the intent that much. Um, I think you that know, does. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. In this case, it does. Like sometimes when a woman's singing a song, they make it he instead of she, and they change the gender around. And sometimes even that's too much because that's not what the song is yeah. supposed to be. But this is clearly changing a major intent of a song that most consider one of the best songs of all time. But what, you know, about, what about when they have to change it for censorship? Remember when the Black Eyed Peas made that song, Let's Get Retarded? Yeah, Let's Get It Started, yeah. <laughs> no, it was called Let's Get Retarded. No, I know, but they changed it and to Let's Get It Started. And they had to change yeah. to let it, Let's Get It Started. I'm like, I'm tired of PC. I want PC to go away. 
Um, my favorite one was uh, that song by Shaggy of uh, where um, I've been uh, caught you banging uh, yeah, on the counter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but they changed it. Uh, the the lyric where he goes, uh, uh, "I caught you banging on the bathroom floor." They changed it to uh, "Love on the bathroom floor." <laughs> oh. Right. And I just is that really love? No, when there you're is banging no love on the bath- when, when you're fucking affair. on the bathroom. No, <laughs> that's like here. I'm gonna make love to you in this washroom stall. Or well, truck it depends stop. on what what level of washroom it is. Is it a five star hotel washroom? Even is it a, still, Darren, a diner washroom? He didn't, he Even didn't still, specify. there's no such thing as love on the bathroom yes, floor. I don't know. I <laughs> don't. Yes, there is. I can't unless it's like I've you're quickly fallen some... over the girl fucking a bathroom floor. Maybe I'm I, dirty. I don't want to bend a woman over the place where piss goes. So. Yeah, I've never, I've never understood that why how girls can get fucked in bathrooms at nightclubs. It's just like that is well, the one leg goes up, one leg no. stays down, yeah. and then you're up against the wall. That's how it works. When two people love each other very oh, much, Kathleen. That's right. And there's only one place to go. And yeah. They're very, very drunk. Yes, they yeah. go to the bathroom and they fuck like animals. No, Maybe, but I, although I will say, I have masturbated to that sh- that movie Unfaithful where he fucks her in the bathroom. Right. Stall. Well, there so you that, go. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's only good for you but by yourself. Hot. Come on. <laughs> it's pretty. Spread hot. that around. Go to a bathroom. Get fucked. That's my 2012. <laughs> uh-huh. Telling that's, everybody. That's, that's never going to happen. That's my resolution. Right. That's my resolution. Yeah. To, get, yeah. To, to make love on a bathroom floor. Yeah. That there's a little hole in the side there. You get him to put his little ding-dong through there, and Dave Martin will be on the other side oh, of that. Oh, Come my on. God. Uh, did you have any New Year's resolutions yourself, Darren? None. None. Of course. None. Everything is fine in, in no, your I, world. Nothing is fine, but I never, believed nothing in, is fine. I never believed in New Year's resolutions. I think it's just a bunch of horseshit. It's, it's, like, it's, like, uh, it's like drinking on New Year's Eve is for amateurs. You know, it's, I just don't understand it. Well, I understand it. The drink on New Year's no, Eve. No, but for I mean, like people go and they just right. get so fucked up just for that one night. If, if you get fucked up all the time, it's just another night. Fine, but those people that just go to excess just that one night, man, it's New Year's Eve. I don't get it. Guess what they did in Edmonton, though? At, oh, I'm at, sure it's gonna be it's no, gonna no, hilarious. no. This isn't having anything to do with booze. It was just I have to tell you guys because it's funny. Oh, when do you think is a good time to pass out the noisemakers? At the beginning of the show or at the end of the show? Always at the end. Yeah, well, they left them on the tables at the beginning of the show. So it was literally, like, people were, like, blowing horns. And I was just, and I, I seriously had to be, like... You are not children. Grow the fuck up. No yep. more horn blowing. I yep. don't want to ruin your night, but I will rip your dick off. They, <laughs> I think then the horns would really start blowing <laughs> at that point. No, and then it's where my, did, uh, my Darren, like a nine one one noise. Darren, where did I put my horn? I'm gonna just blow it off now. But oh I think Kathleen God. just threw it in a ditch somewhere. The uh, but they did that at the show that I did in in, in London. Uh, they left the noisemakers uh, on the table before the show started, and I was just sort of like, yeah, like you know, get it. Not like, where I was. They I, did it after the show. Smart. Wow. Because, well, that's because, I don't know. And and the girl that manages the Empton Club is amazing. And I don't think it was yeah, her. Yeah. It was the casino that did yep, it. And yep. I'm just like, who even logically thinks of this as yeah. a good idea? But whatever. Well, um, and uh, of course, uh, last was it last week or the week before, another person passed away in the comedy community in Los Angeles. And Kathleen actually has worked with them and, and knew the person right when you were in L.A.? Yeah, this was like uh, a t- completely shocking and upsetting upsetting thing that happened um angelo bowers passed away uh, he was hit by a drunk driver and he was in the car with another uh la comic john yeah. shattemeyers who is in the hospital i i haven't heard any news but last i heard he was still in critical he's still That's in critical condition but it's it was like i saw somebody update it and i thought it was a joke right, right. and so i messaged him i'm like what is this update about angelo because he was like my favorite person when i was in la and then he said that he got hit by a drunk driver and was killed and like I still get goosebumps when I'm talking about this because he was destined for greatness. And I 
I was only in L.A. for about four months, and I only knew him for about two months. And every time, you know, I was waiting to hear he was on Letterman or he was going to be on Kimmel or something. Right. Because this guy was one of the best joke writers I've ever seen in my life. If you want to see some of his jokes um, and you're on Twitter, go and follow Angelo Jokes. I think it's Angelo Jokes or Angelo's Jokes. And Angelo Bowers. And the thing about him was he didn't have any, he didn't have a Facebook. He didn't have a Twitter he had one clip online. The only reason it was online was because somebody saw him at a show, taped it, put it online, and said, who is this guy? I love him. I think he's hilarious, and why can't I find more on him? And it's just, and I know that people in L.A. are devastated right now and because he was such a warm and wonderful person. He was the first person to talk to me in L.A. I know you've always said it can feel really cold and the comics can be really clicky. Yep. And when I was there, and I was too shy to say anything to anyone for two weeks, and then I, I finally just went up to him and I said, I really think you're hilarious. And then he started talking to me. I'm just like, it's it's one of the most tragic things I think that's happened to comedy because he was so he was so amazing. I was I was talking to uh, Angelo Sarukas, who's been based out of L.A. for about a year and a half now, and uh, he knew him as well and, and said to how great he was. And I've also read a couple of his of his jokes just as in the written form, and I'm like, wow, that's that's a those are great jokes just on the page when they're great. I mean, I didn't really know what his character no, is his on character stage. character made it a million times better. But just a written word that I read was was really really amazing and. And I just mean, it's sad. That- he was T-boned. I heard the, the stories. Just horrible. Like T-boned at like over eighty miles an hour. Going yeah. through an intersection. I mean, that's that's fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty sen- just, it's senseless. Just it's seeing, senseless. Just seeing all of the outpour of yep. love from so many comics, like everyone that met him. And there was a story that he had just done a show, and Sarah Silverman was there. Yeah. And he had gone on, and she came in, and when he was on, and she was blown away. And he he had that. He was. He should have. It's disgusting. It shouldn't happen. And. Um, don't drink and drive. Like seriously, uh, it's sad no, that we're in 2012. This, we still have to say this is it, but disgusting. it's disgusting. Like that this this person should not have been taken away from us. So yeah, I mean yeah. the best when and, it comes to drinking and driving, the best thing you could do is kill yourself. And I hope Josh and gets not kill better anyone soon. else. Yeah, I really hope Josh gets better soon because they were best friends. Yeah, basically. They and I, I, from what I heard, like I said, he's still in critical condition. I'm sure he doesn't have insurance. Um, I've heard that there's been They're a couple a lot of fundraisers. fundraisers for him. It's, so, yeah. you know, if anyone, uh, you know, has an extra dime or, you know, wants to look into it, you know, look either one of them, those guys up on YouTube. There is a website you can donate uh, for his medical bills if you're interested, but I I can't remember it right now. But if we'll you look it. up, if you search it, we'll find it. We'll, we'll tell you at the end it. of the we'll show. We'll Twitter it or we'll put it on the Facebook page. So, Well, it's a, such a senseless thing to be to be drinking and driving. And then the best thing you could probably do is, hey, well, first of all, don't drink and drive. But if you're going to, then really just kill yourself and be an example for other people. Just told that they don't, uh, so that they don't uh, go off and do it themselves again. It's uh, it's sad. I mean, my, a cousin of mine got hit by a repeat offender, drunk driver, broke every bone in the right side of his body, and I've been to so many comic clubs and comedy clubs, and owners bragging to me they're drink and drive, and it's just uh, it's sick. It's something it makes really me pisses sick. me off. All right, on that note, let's go to a break, and when we come back, we'll bring back the ha-ha and leave this sadness behind, hopefully. And we have Terry Clement coming in. I'm really looking forward to this. Terry Clement. Hey, Terry. Now with 20% more brand to keep you regular. From the bump, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. This is Andy Kindler, and you're listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio, in case you had no idea what you were doing. That's what you're doing. Continue to do it. 
show me on the dial where the bad man touched you. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Okay, we're back from the break, and joining us in studio, uh, a very good friend of mine and a great comic in his own right, uh, Terry Clement is here. And before we even let Terry talk, I just want to say uh, one of the great things about our show is we're able to have guys in here that are our true kind of more of an underdog and, and kind of under uh, underappreciated in our country and definitely in North America. And when we first started this show, Terry was at the top of the list to try to get on. And due to reasons uh, I don't really want to get into, uh, we weren't able to have him the first chunk. And one of the first guys I wanted to have back on in 2012 is uh, is Terry Clement. So now I got the bullshit out of the way. Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, Terry. Ah, Terry. Yes. Terry has an amazing beard, uh, by the way. I know we're not on television. <laughs> right. But it's fantastic. We, uh, Kathleen is sitting in my beard. I fucking as love beards, actually. And you know, the thing and I'm is. I'm not wearing pants. And, and, <laughs> and Kathleen she's, has a great beard, too. She's got, be- she's got beard panties. We're going to have to untangle both both of their beards. <laughs> it looks like I got roots. That's yeah. right. Oh, my God. I love beards so much. I love having yeah. beards in it's, my pants. It's so long for Kathleen. He calls it, she calls it Opie for Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> I don't get it. Terry, Terry uh, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that you finally could to come in and uh, we could talk a little bit. Uh, I remember seeing you uh, probably within the first six months of you doing stand-up comedy uh, downtown in Toronto. And the one thing I always uh, really appreciated with, I think most comics did about you, is you always did your set and then you just sat at the back and you shut your mouth. You didn't go around <laughs> and you didn't bother people. You just let the music do the talking, literally. And uh, I think that's one thing that a lot of comics respected about you. You didn't beat your chest out, you know, at least in the beginning. Yeah, and, now uh, I do. Yeah, now now it's very King Kong. But Yeah, very much so, because but, I am fucking King Kong. It's right. <laughs> but did you do that consciously, or did you just feel kind of nervous around, you know, the new environment? No, I knew I was learning. Right. So, fuck that. I wasn't going to be uh, overly uh, confident or cocky. When I knew I was just starting, right, and then uh, once I actually got good, then I just said, "Well, fu- I actually I'm good." Yeah, so when you can, so when you get good, that's when you can get cocky. That's I love that you said that because there's so many comics that that don't realize that there is such a great learning opportunity if they just sit in the back, shut the fuck up, and watch. Well, and also just because you're doing well with the crowd doesn't mean you're fucking good either. It just means you're doing well. Yeah. But it took me a while to get past that too, where I was doing you know great with crowds and shit, but I didn't think I was that good. And then it took me a long time before I've said, hey, you know what, I'm I'm okay at this. Well, now that, I think I'm great. We we brought that up on the show before <laughs> about uh, like the whole social media aspect about like and people and self promotion that like there's there's comics out there that literally have done like five sets and they're throwing them up on YouTube right away. Right, I, which is know, it's like watching someone learn to play guitar. No, like tell people to come out and watch you when you know how to play. I haven't even had a headshot professionally done i'm getting one this month yeah. at the end of this month i'm getting my first professional how long have you been doing headshot. comedy for uh 13 years oh, shit. and yeah. i may do with fucking polaroids uh the shit that you do in the mall you don't need a yeah. fucking 300 hundred dollar headshot to sell your your piece of shit don't no, but, tell my wife that but you had a headshot <laughs> where you were sitting in a bathtub with a, a toaster at one point <laughs> no, didn't you? a firecracker no i had i had uh, sparklers yeah oh, right, that was right, great right. okay tub. yeah yeah, yeah, that but, that but, cost me nothing. But that was, but, but that was almost part of your charm is that you were sort of going into this very, and I'm, well, I had no money, Dave. If I had money, to be honest, I'd have, have a lot more charm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I had a better headshots. So I'll tell you that. If I had money, I would have done it. Did Did you run away from when people would sort of label the Andy Kaufman ish parts about of, of your act? Well, I always thought the Andy Kaufman thing was 
was fucked because I, I'm Steve Martinish more than Andy Kaufman. Uh, I, yeah, you Because he was always, Andy Kaufman's always trying to pull the wool over the audience's eyes, which right. is wonderful. But Steve Martin was more or less playing, here's a character, here's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty much the exact same thing. It's never me actually pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. I'm always playing the character. Mm-hmm. Unless they're too stupid to fucking see it. And I, re- I can't be held responsible for... For how, how stupid people are? Right. I can't yeah. be held exactly. responsible for that. Exactly. I remember the first time I saw Terry was at the Edmonton Yuck Yucks, and I think maybe I was in uh, comedy for six months, and I came down with a... With Andrew Iwanek. Yep, who, I was there. That was me yeah, and Terry. Yeah, you and yep. Terry were there yep. together. And uh, Andrew Iwanek is the same sort of, he likes to be very experimental with his comedy and different. And I was just like, I'd been watching so many just regular headliners come through and I still didn't really know much about stand-up or what I liked about stand-up. Like, I still found comics who today I'd be like, I can't believe I thought that person was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but but seriously, when you came through and like all of your different stuff with the bubble machine and the... And the the Randy Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, that was hilarious. It was so much fun. It was so different. And, it, and that really, you were like the first comic other than Andrew that I saw that was doing that. Yeah. Well, well, it, I mean, you, it, you would describe, like, just so everyone at, at listening on the radio understands, like, how do you describe your act? Because I, if I was to describe it, it's non-traditional. It's not set up punch per se. Well, it's like yeah. a Pee Wee's Playhouse on acid. Yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I always say psychedelic. I, like I always say the whole psychedelic comedy right. idea because the thing about psychedelia is that it touches on all the things like life, death, right, and surrealism, and those are the three things that I'm most interested in. I'm and your a, influences too. I mean, even in yeah. music and and like the Gigi Allen and and the, the Beach Boys, like Brian Wilson. You, you, we've always talked about how much you love him. And well, there's huge, big difference between Gigi Allen and Brian Wilson. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's why they're influences, and it's kind of interesting that you have both. Yeah, I love both of them equally. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. I like punk and and psychedelia and basically rebellion. I mean, all that stuff is rebellious. Uh, entertainment. Right. So, like, you know, if you really wanted to get to the, the heart of it, I love William S. Burroughs and Brian Geisen the most. And those aren't even, those aren't musicians, comics. Right. Uh, but, you, but you were in a band before you did comedy, too. I mean, you were doing yeah. music for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. What were you like as a kid? Like, I know, I don't want to ask some comics about that because I don't give a, sh- a shit, but I really am curious about what you were like as a kid. Like a loner when, or... Uh... No, when I was in... I had a, a steady girlfriend all through high school that I thought was, like, the hottest chick in school. So I got... Like, I didn't take drugs or drink until... Well, I, I drank about 16 on. But I never took drugs until about the age of 25. Uh, my big vice was sex. I like to fuck a lot. Yeah. So I did that all through high school. Oh, well, I remember... But I had a steady girlfriend, so I wasn't promiscuous. It was always with... You were just fucking the same hole over and over. But I loved it. It was. But like, did you ever fuck in a bathroom? Did you ever fuck in a bathroom? <laughs> well, no, 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 guys. No, Darren, excuse me. It's make love it's on the make bathroom, love floor. The bathroom you're floor. You're right. You're right. Let's, let's quote right. Shaggy properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, in high school, I was voted. When I left high school, I was voted most likely to win an Emmy, Grammy, or Oscar, and most likely to end up in a mental institution. <laughs> I love and I it. I think, yeah, it really does reflect. Everyone kind of knew where I was fucking going. Like everyone right. knew I was going to do entertainment. Uh, there was nothing else for me. Like, right. you know, I, it's the whole thing. If you're, if you're nuts, you got to find a way for I people to pay you for yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't see you selling cars or being an accountant. No, I can't do any of that. But you've had, like, you've, you've talked to me about having, like, day jobs before. Oh, like I used to work store. in grocery, yeah. Right, yeah. And yeah. how, how did you maintain your sanity when there's no real creative outlet in grocery, in grocery store oh. stacking of cans and things like that? I was, I, was, uh, I was employed by Anthony and Nancy Rizzo, and that's the only reason... <laughs> While I, why that happened? Because 
like I did everything that you get fired for. I did at that that job. Like, like on purpose, or you were just like just I had no choice. Like I mean, I did every if they had. Um, I had a, my own office at one point. So when they had people come in once, like the big head office people, I stood in the middle of my office on a pylon. I balanced on a pylon doing the karate kid pose until the whole head office people came in and saw us. And my boss would just look at me and go, hi, Terry, and move everybody along. <laughs> I love it. And so these were the I did this all along. And if I got fired, I didn't give a fuck. I was just going to go get another job down the street doing retail anyway. Yeah. So. Right, right. Now, now I, you're definitely a guy that doesn't compromise, and uh, as you know, as far as I can tell, uh, his his act, and you've never really been the kind of guy that sort of looks at the crowd and goes, "Well, what's going to make these people laugh?" <laughs> yeah, but right. you have you have a set act. Um, I mean, you do have a lot of like musical cues and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and and it's sort of like whenever someone goes deep into character on stage, and then they can't really go out of it, and then go back into sort of regular stand up. So how did like um, at, at what point did you just say to yourself, "Listen, these people are going to have to catch on." To what I'm doing, because I can't. It's you know, it's because there's people that can cater themselves to the audience, and then there's people that just can't. Well, I've learned to. Darren can contest to this because he's watched me host recently, where I have found a place like a niche for me in the clubs, which is hosting. Because right. when I host, I can separate myself from the bits, and I get to a point now where I can spritz my entire opening, and not even get to a concrete bit anymore. Mm-hmm. And it surprises me too. Like everyone that knows me goes, oh, there's no fucking way he can host. Right. But that's become like my club thing. Er, very early on I said, I don't care what the audience um, necessarily thinks about what I'm doing. I'm trying to present what I'm doing the way that I want to see it. And I videotaped everything I was doing. So I wasn't really listening to the audience so much as I was watching what I was doing on stage, what I was saying, and i tweak it that way. The, their response meant very little to me off the top. Now as I get older, their response seems to mean more to me because I, I, I feel the value of a dollar. More. Right, yeah. You know, now, like, especially now because I'm headlining shows sometimes too. So it's like, well, if those people paid 20, 25 bucks, I want them to have a fucking great show. Right. So I am a bit more uh, conscientious. You know what I did, Dave? I took the death out of my act. Right. Anything that had to do with dying or killing people, I took that out of the act. They can take all the surrealism, they can take drugs, they can take sex. But they can't take death. Death is very hard. That's to the joke one. About, and and yeah. I have like a quarter of my act is about dying or or killing <laughs> or you know this is the act of death. So I realized, and it was naive of me that people should accept this. I always thought that they would. I didn't yeah. think you know because I played like I did skin a cat, which is a, a death bit. I did that at Massey Hall, and it killed harder than it's ever killed. So it's not like yeah, but Massey Hall, the average audience member that went that night, is not going to be a comedy club patron. That's to mm. me, death can be joked about, and I've seen you kill with it. But in a comedy club on a Friday night where they barely know what they're right. getting into, yeah, they're not going to dig death. Right. I just it was very simple for me. It was like, well, there's a lot of places for me to do death material. Right. So right. I'll take it out. Yeah. And boom. It was fine. Like you, you, you had you know some controversy, just like I have. I mean, uh, whether it's bits or you know comedy club owners saying don't do this or do don't do that. But the one thing I was always interested in, I, I loved your songs, your original songs, and I don't even mind it when you do the parody song of like the the pro- Proclaimers. Well, that's joke. the only yeah. That I have one. The only parody song I ever had was the Proclaimers song. Yeah. Did you make a conscious effort not to do parody songs? Well, I had it, and I also had. Um, You're a, a musician. A summer you, of '69, but yeah, that was just the Proclaimers one became because of my mom. Like that was my mom's favorite song, right. so I learned it and then just rewrote the songs to fuck with her. Right. So I had no intention of writing a parody, and Summer of '69 was kind of the same 
thing. It was once again, it was just fucking with my mom. Right. So I've wrote two parodies. Summer of '69, I can't do anymore because it's like me and B. Arthur in a '69 is the big punchline. Yeah. It's too bad. Oh, I like it. Though. Whereas Be the Man, I still, Darren, you saw me do that again this yeah, weekend. Yeah, where it worked. Yeah. I just started doing it again where yep. I said, fuck you. I'm, I'm going to do parodies whether you like it or not, right. comedy community. Exactly. Well, I mean, you, you, if your whole act, like I'm, I'm not even that elitist. If your whole act is parodies, I don't care. Dave Hook had yep. a lot of great parodies. A lot of guys look down on them. I never did. I was like, hey, it's funny or it's not. I don't care. Right. I don't give a fuck if it's a memorable like beat behind it because I know that song. It's either funny or not. The one song that I always loved that you did and uh, you can't do anymore, and I just want to talk about it because I didn't know this about uh, our laws in Canada and North America probably as well, is your song about Carla Homolka. Uh, for those who don't know who Carla Homolka is, uh, she was uh, incarcerated for many years. She's now out uh, and she's uh, in Canada. Um, I don't know if she's actually in Canada right now, but she and her husband murdered... Uh, how many women did they murder in total? Two. Oh, three. I, I no, thought I thought it was three. three. I thought three, it was three. Yeah. And yeah. one was her sister. And one was her sister. And really there was rape involved. Rape so and nice. drugs and a really fucked up story. I don't want to get into the story. But, but yeah. you wrote a song about Carla Homolka. And um, and then pretty much the, the, the basis of the song is, hey, let's go kill Carla Homolka. But you're trying to do it like satire, like the yeah. lynch mob of, of the group. Well, like, if you read the newspapers of the time, it seemed... No one. It seemed like the newspapers were trying to set up a lynch mob to get her. Right. So right. I thought, well, I'll write a song about what they're doing, right. which wasn't actually my my feeling because my feeling wasn't to, to lynch her. I know that probably people want to kill me for saying that, but honestly, I mean, we haven't heard her back in the news. She's not going to kill another person. Right. Whatever the fuck happened to but her. But it's a happened. fine. It's a fine line between <clears throat> satire of what's the lynch mob thing and actually a pro, a song almost saying yes, let's go and do it. That's right. a very fine line, and I, I and I personally think you pulled it off. But I also understand the controversy there, and therefore well, people didn't get it, Darren. You right, saw that's it. what I mean. I was upset because people would literally want to like carry me out on their shoulders. Yeah, let's go kill her. Like let's kill her, and it was like, no, no, you're not getting it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not what I mean. Um, and you recorded the song and you tried to get it played, but there are there's a law in Canada, and explain yep. that law. Well, apparently you cannot solicit the death of another human being. Even, even for satire. Terrific. But yeah. even for satire. Yeah, at least according to what everybody told me. But, you know, this would, um, that's, you know, the whole Bill Hicks thing. Like, you know, let's hunt and kill Billy Ray Cyrus and stuff like right. this. This is, you know, that would be illegal here. And Does this mean I can't release my I Want to Choke Out Dave Martin single? Yeah, that would, he could, yes. <sighs> well, I would still done. be alive. Just, just till he though. comes, not he when he dies. Just, <laughs> not, just not till he dies, till he comes. Yeah. Till his belly button is full. And you have to put him. <laughs> Don't get yourself, Terry. It's full right now. <laughs> play some NXX, uh, NXX I can smell songs it. at the same time. <laughs> Is it clean in here? It smells like bleach. No, Dave Martin was here. <laughs> Dave Martin was just jerking it so everywhere. So you, you, you couldn't obviously play the song, and I mean, you, you dropped it pretty quickly after that. I remember well, originally. I dropped it. I only dropped it because I felt that people weren't getting what yeah, I was trying yeah. to get across. And I think, you know, oftentimes when you're trying to do like, you know, dark or dirty, whatever yep. kind of comedy, you have to make sure that your intentions are known at least. Yes. Otherwise, oh, you the right to, ones. At yeah, least, yeah, you feel like a whore or a, you know, a piece of shit. Otherwise, so that's exactly what I did, and I realized there was no way for me to explain this without sounding like a dick. So yep. I just dropped it. Another thing that's very interesting is that in Canada, you've had zero television exposure, right? <laughs> Am I right? I want to make sure before yeah. I. I was zero, offered. Right? I was offered television. I think back in two thousand and like five or something. Right. And, and they wanted me to do fifteen clean minutes. Right. And I said no. I. 
I don't have it. Right. And they've never asked me since. The only reason I bring this up is because then a few years ago you went to England and yeah. you did like three or two or three episodes of The World Stands Up. No, as soon as I went, yeah, as soon as I went to England, I got like, <laughs> like I got three festivals and three television shows within two weeks of being there. And doing and, material that oh, they would them, never play here. Darren, if, um, yeah, I don't want to get into it too much, but yeah. there was stuff that like, yeah, it's it's hard to believe, but all the stuff that was rejected here was not rejected there. Right. That's all. And and you people can even see this on all the clips on YouTube and the songs and you. And well, you, no, YouTube is owned. It's all the stuff is owned by Paramount, so it's very hard unless. No, I meant the material that you did. Like the, the, yeah. this material we're talking about, people can go and see oh. on YouTube and oh, yeah. see that it's like, why can't this play on Canadian television? Because we have crazy TV laws. But well, it's do we have TV laws or do we just have lame people in charge? No, yeah, no, yeah. It's a bit of both. A little lame. bit of both, I think. Yeah. Okay. I really do think it's a bit of both. The fact People is, don't want to risk it. The last showcase I did, I didn't even have one um, classifiable swear word in it. Right. But I did do two things about death, and you may oh, as you well... you know about death. Yeah, right. Once again, right. I might as well say, like, you know, do the whole cunt, 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 cunt. Right. You know, there's... <laughs> Which is my closer, and that's why I can never do my closer on television. Right. <laughs> cunt, 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 cunt. Is yeah, that what that yeah. is? Yeah, that cunt, is that, gun. Yeah. The famous cunt, gun. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, you're still living in Canada, so you haven't, like, abandoned the country, but it is... Oh, that's because of... my wife lives here. Like, Cheryl, she lives here, works here, and also, right. like, I love Canada. Right. I well, really we didn't want to... Yeah. I really... Like, I was starting to do well in England, I guess, 2007, I guess, 2008. I really did not want to leave... Canada like I love this place but I'm at a point now where I I can't get television I can't get any festivals and I can there so I'll, fuck it I gotta leave and it's what's really sad because you know, we're, we're doing a month together right now all through well, a few cities in, in Ontario and uh, you know in Ottawa we just played in Ottawa and you know Terry as a host destroyed all these bits were killing and he's very much like a ringmaster the way he did it and, and this I'm just is coming there, from Darren and yeah. I'm sitting at the back going to this. this is why showbiz is fucked it's like you have to go to the UK but they've seen it Darren they've yeah. actually I've I have killed festival showcases oh I know you have in front and everyone's watched me do it where I've killed a showcase and then they come up to me afterwards and they go yeah but it's not going to work in front of a mainstream audience they, but, I but I just that's horseshit. In front of yeah. a mainstream horseshit. Audience. that's horseshit it's yeah. not going to play in Saskatchewan hey fuck face I've well, been to Saskatchewan they told me I would not somebody actually an, uh, an industry person once told me that I would not translate into the middle of Canada was right. their direct quote right. wow. that's really which is horseshit I love the yeah, little I, quotes that you get from uh, from those people oh, all those little those little things that they tell you like they really know everything <laughs> well, I mean I sometimes they have effectively cock blocked me literally from every single way of getting publicity. Like I've got, like when you think about this, there's not one piece of television, not one piece of festival, yeah. nothing yeah. for me in this country. Yet I'm a, a headliner. Everyone seems to respect me in the industry, like comic wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Like, it's too bad you can't pay bills with respect. Right. You can't yeah. eat fame. Yeah. So says William yeah. S. Burroughs. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, but uh, you, yes, as you, you, so, but so many of your comedy influences are from Britain. So I mean, right. now, do you find do you have greater comedy influences from the United States or or Britain? Oh, for me, it's all from my favorite guy is Peter Cook, right. English. Second guy would be Chris Morris, also English, and my third would be Monty Python. Right. Yeah. So my first three are all, you know. So going there, and also musically, I love British, British music. music. Sid Barrett's my favorite musician. Right. Um, you know, Big so, Pink Floyd fan too. Right. So this is the whole thing. Like, when, for me, England is not a bad place to go. I love it, and I love the audiences and all the rest of it. But at the same time. 
You've lived in Canada, so you know what it's like. Canada fucking rocks. I Canada's love way, living here. Look, I, it's, I'm I British. It. I'm British, and I can say, you know, England can be a toilet, and it, but it can be a great place to perform right. and a great place to visit. I wouldn't want to live there. I wouldn't want to raise my children there, and I'm British, and I can say that. Well, I liked Muswell Hill, which was where the yep. Kinks, apparently, yep, the Kinks, and it was yeah, a rough, apparently it's a rough place, yep. yeah. but I really, really liked it. So I wouldn't mind so much, like, you know, hanging out in a place like that. I just wish that Canada had a little bit more of a... I don't know, a bit more of a support system. For it would be amazing because because there are so many amazing people here in Canada that they have to leave. They have to leave to, to get any recognition because uh, they'll only recognize the same people over and over again. And, you know, <laughs> something else that you've done and not a lot of comics have done, I mean, I've started to do a little bit of it, is that you've produced a lot of material that you've put on, on the Internet either for free or you give mm. away CDs of your music or, you know, how important is it that, the whole idea of giving it away for free. Do you think it's going to pay back tenfold? Or Well, I'm I'm addressing... It's different with comedy, I think, than it is with music. And even though I'm doing comedy music, when I'm the stuff I'm releasing is basically comedy music. Right. Like, other than YouTube clips. But the as far as music goes, I think now we're in a, a stage where you cannot charge for, for music if you're unknown. I think the idea is you have to give people your music for free in really, uh, like, a high-definition way... And if you get enough people to like you, you can release stuff then afterwards. Right. But at the initial stage, like right now, I, I have very few people uh, outside of comedy paying attention to what I'm doing. Other than psychedelic, like I've realized psychedelic people and comedy people are paying attention to what I'm doing, basically. Right. I wish there was more punk people and heavy metal people, but it's hard to reach those markets when I'm doing so many different things at the same fucking time. Right. They I think might I... listen to the wrong song and go, this guy is shit. But if they listen to the third one, it's perfect for them. I still think it's too bad that there isn't some kind of uh, tour or system that's in place that can play all these rock and punk clubs doing stand-up. I mean, I've tried mm. to do a couple of them, and it's you know, it's it, it all depends on who owns the club, whether it works or not. If they just say, ah, it's just another night for me, it's tough. But it's sad because there are guys like yourself or Rouse or, or even me that could pull it off, but it's just not possible unless you're Doug Stanhope and you've got your own... You know, you've got that base. Well, that keep, base. keep in mind that Doug did have some television. Oh, of course <laughs> like, he did. Yeah. He, you know, this is the whole thing: is that all I want is a little bit of television, a little bit of exposure, yeah. enough to get people to pay attention to what I'm doing for free on the net, and then I'll leave. You know, industry, television industry people, comedy industry people, give me a little bit, and then I will fuck off. I will never bother you again. Yeah. Just let me have enough of a, a space to let people see what I'm doing, and then I will fuck off. And I'll do it for free on the net. You can let other people, you can go with the safe acts. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Just give me five minutes once or twice. But it's funny that you guys bring up all these punk venues. And, like, it is the perfect venue to do comedy because um, people that that go to those clubs are very open-minded. They're very uh, into the arts and things like that. There's a new room in Edmonton. I know Darren will will go, Edmonton. But I was back home for two months, and it just started... When I went back home at this bar on White Avenue called Filthy McNasty's, and I am not over-exaggerating, it is the best new room in Canada because it is full. By the end of the night, there's like 100 people in that room, and they shut up, and they listen, and, and once in a while, there's a drunk rig pig that will shout something out. But the other the audience is very protective of the comedians there. It's a great venue, and it's a punk bar. And uh, it should it should be happening in more music venues. And it's so nice that now this club, who I even tried to get a show there when I lived there, the owner was like, no, we're just music. We're just music. Yeah, you have I to always, re-educate the crowd. I know? always find mm-hmm. it funny when you go to a bar and you're like, I want to bring something new here. They're like, no, we're just music. Just music. And it's like, no, open it up. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, uh, last question before we go uh, to the break. Um, Terry, if people want to find your stuff, get in touch with you, we always want to make sure that we're able to let people uh, push their wares. So how do people get a hold of you or see your stuff? TerryClement.com. Nice Very easy. simply. Yeah, yep. if you go there, everything is always listed somewhere on that site. And I okay. post shit there all the time. I update it all the time. So. And uh, upcoming, you've got a, you're going to be in UK in May. Is you were saying? Yeah, it looks like the UK in May. I'm out east in uh, in April. Okay, so people go to if you're on either St. John's, Newfoundland, yep. or Halifax, and go to TerryClement.com. I've find released those dates. Uh, uh, dark songs already on my website. Okay, and in February you're going to get love songs. In March you'll get a bunch of miscellaneous shit, and then in April. For 420, a bunch of drug songs. Nice. Then nice. I got a full-length new album coming out for free in May. So and oh, also a kids single called Carrot Munching Mammal that's coming out as well. Nice. So everyone that says I can't release a bunch of different stuff, they can kiss my ass. Yeah. 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 Go fuck yourself. You, you, you can't play <laughs> to the middle. You're playing to too many groups already. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's well, no middle when you play to all those groups. All right. There's got to be something. That's right. Well, thanks, Terry, for coming by. And please, uh, when you're uh, going to go on tour with Nikki, if you do the uh, Ted Holster's Cow, yep, uh, drop in... by as a duo, and we'll, we'll help push that as well. You've done, yep. you, you've done festivals, too. And I, I, when, next time you come back, we'll have to talk about uh, your, uh, your roadie, Cheryl, uh, that uh, yes. is, is off with you at, at so many different venues, and, and your, your South African tour that you were, you festival <laughs> that you did before. Yeah, which, horrors, uh, horrors. So there's, there's loads of stuff that we can talk to you about, but yeah. go and check out his website, listen to his music, and, uh, and go and check him out live when he's in your uh, in your area because uh, it's not often that you see acts that are as uh, open mind and know, creative and, and creative yes definitely and, and especially in a comedy club venue where you know it's just usually just a, a, one guy standing behind a microphone telling dick jokes I've gotten good at this yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> I love years, it Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! don't touch that dial it was molested and it brings back horrible memories this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. This is Anthony Jeselnik. That's right, Anthony Jeselnik. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio's Laugh Attack. That's right, Anthony Jeselnik. when you're a star a punch in the head is still a punch in the head this is anything goes with darren frost dave martin and kathleen mcgee all right welcome back to anything goes that was terry clement uh, in the studio finally after a year of me making up excuses why terry couldn't be on the show he finally got to come on the show and that was uh, it was a nice little interview don't you think Oh, no, no, no. I, I've always been a big fan of Terry. Yes, yes, yes. I, I always have been. Mm-hmm. Just, just more... He just turned Rain Man for a second. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, very wet. Yeah, on the driveway. But he, uh, he's always been a guy that is... Uh, in, integrity has always been much a part of his act. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But I always thought that was more of a matter that like Terry maybe didn't even know how to confine or conform himself to what the audience want. Well, I mean, you know, there's bumps along the road uh, figuring that that kind of shit out. But I've always thought he was very inventive and very original and, and not a lot of people were getting behind him. I mean, I, I've tried to always find those that I felt were overlooked and try to, you know, shine the tiny little piss light that I have that can that, that can help him. Piss you know? light? Yeah, exactly. You have a light coming is. out of your dick? Yeah, of course. 
Cute. No, I th- I th- How do you think I get my key in the hole in my house? <laughs> no, I think, that's, light I think that's one of those things that you buy at the sharper image of where, like, it's a light that you put onto your belt so you know where oh, your pee's going. nice. Um, but uh, we were talking in the uh, opening segment about uh, Angelo, uh, the uh, the comedian who uh, passed away recently. Angelo from, Bowers. And, um, and Kathleen said that uh, he, he didn't have a website, he didn't have a Facebook page, he didn't belong mm-hmm. to, to the Twitter. He had a MySpace. They got him on MySpace. Right. And then, you know... But uh, there's a lot of comics that don't do that stuff, and then there's a lot of comics that do a lot of that stuff. Yep, yep. And I mean, I'm I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and I, you know, I li- I like being able to do that. But um, I can understand why some comics don't want to do that. Like Andrew Iwanek, I will tell you a million times, he's hilarious, but you will not find him online because he will not put anything online. Don't know why. But, yeah, but why do you? Why is that? I mean, I think he has this fear that someone might steal something, or but but then again, I say this like. How can someone steal it if you can say, look, I posted this on this date? Right. Uh, it's all, but I don't know. I. But also at the same time, I'm always, I always tell one comic not to worry about someone stealing your bits because, you know, no one's going to make or break their career on, on, on a couple of jokes. In, in the end, you'll hopefully you'll be the kind of guy that can write more. And But I, I think there's a lot of people that don't go the self-promotion route just because they want to be uh, seen as a, they want just their work to, Stick out, or they, I guess they want their work to get discovered and yeah. not, not have to. Here, here's the thing, though. For like, I've been doing this almost 20 years, and for 14 years, I tried to let the music do the talking, and it just doesn't work. Right. Eventually, you have to. Like a lot of people, you know, made fun of Dane Cook because the way he became popular, and then even Doug Stanhope came out and said, "Fuck, man, I'm going to use MySpace as much as I possibly can to get people in the seats as well." And then all of a sudden, it's okay because Doug Stanhope came out and said it. You know what I mean? Now everyone used MySpace for a few years, and the same thing with Facebook. If you want to just let the music do the talking, then you're going to end up probably playing to the same 30 people uh, in each city all the time, unless you know the planets align and luck is your, your lady and boom, someone sees you. But you've got to put the time and energy into it or no one's going to see it. Well, Maybe I- that's why not a lot of people knew about Angelo and how funny he was, because it was hard to find... It was only in L. He was basically in L.A. and California. Right. And that's who got to see him. And I know everyone who saw him thought it was amazing, but maybe if he had been out he would have been more famous, but maybe he didn't want to be famous. Maybe he just liked doing comedy. I don't which, know. Which is fine, too. I have no problem with that, but it's it's always the one people that complain about it are the ones that aren't doing anything about it. If you don't want to have that, that thing done, then you don't want to be on Twitter, then don't complain about no one's following you on Twitter. You Just don't go on it. I love when comics are like, Twitter, and then a month later they're on Twitter. Of course, yeah. And asking you to help them get followers. Of course. Like, no. Well, <laughs> that happened with Facebook. But you know, there's those uh, you know, those people that uh, you know are, are from uh, like an older time before the internet and stuff like that, right? Where it you really could sit back and work on your craft, and someone, some uh, TV exec or some scout would would find you, right? I mean, there there used to be that philosophy of just you work, you hone your act, and uh, and the people will come. But we don't really sort of live in that world anymore. No. You really got to throw your shit out there. We haven't lived in that world in like 10, 15 years and, when it comes to stand-up comedy. Right, exactly. But, I mean, there, there are people that are still from like the 80s well, and yeah, early I 90s mean, look, that are a... still living in that. But, you know, and then there's lots of people that just get swallowed up by that whole. But uh... that's like anything, Dave. That's like if you are you didn't ever use a computer before in your job and then yeah. you refuse to use a computer. It's like, I'm sorry. This is the way the world works now. I mean, you can continue to do it the same way. But you can't expect it to still be, you know, 
successful or work for you? Like Jim Jim McAleese is a comic who's been doing comedy for 30, 35 years. And he had a great joke. He said that he started doing stand-up comedy about 15 minutes after Jim carries. So he goes, do I just wait here for 15 more minutes? You know, insinuating someone's just going to come along and find him. Right. And we just don't live in that world anymore. And unfortunately, those that don't play the game aren't going to be in the game. It's it's a cliche, but it's true. Like Eric Tunney is a good example of a guy that like, nobody knows who he is. Yeah. I know exactly. I mean, but you know, he, he was hilarious. And I mean, there's a comic in Toronto, Boyd Banks, who I think who writes a ton of very of topical and very funny shit that was not going to play on TV. Yeah. But he also doesn't throw his shit out on the internet either. Yeah. And uh, I mean, sadly, you know, I mean, if, if whenever Boyd passes on, there's going to be a huge you know comedy community in, in Toronto that's going to go. You know, why didn't more people know about Boyd? And there's you know, some people just want to be a comedian and not be the comedian. Boyd, under Boyd that wants spotlight. to be a butcher at fucking St. Lawrence Market. That's what he look. You can roll your eyes, Dave, but that's what he wants. No, I mean, he okay. doesn't want to have a website. He doesn't. No, we've he, all tried to push him into it. He doesn't want to. I've done interviews where people go, "You're the most controversial comic in Canada." I said, "Well, touring comic, yes. Boyd Banks is far more controversial <laughs> than I am. Right, but he doesn't tour, so you don't know who the fuck he is. Right, you know, there's probably someone more controversial at a fucking wood shop down the street, but he doesn't tour. You know, he just does the joke." in the front office. Right. But that's the reality of it. You can't push people into it. And it's sad because you go, this guy's so fucking funny yeah. and the industry's never going to get off their ass and do anything for them. And, you know, I've pitched shows with Boyd in the package and they're like, oh, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. He's been around longer than I have. But it's it's partly the industry and partly, you know, that person, what they want out of it. And I don't think these people want what we want out of it. No, but if you look at like a guy like Bill Hicks's career, who never really made it in the states, even though he had, you know, I mean, he would play huge theaters in Edinburgh and in in Britain, and then he would come back and play like small rooms in like in his hometown in Austin. Yeah, and uh, people would say, you know, it's uh, and then people would say, oh well, why didn't Bill Hicks make it in America? And uh, there was a they did a, a tribute show uh, in Montreal for him at one of yeah. the Just for Laughs show, and Andy Kindler stood up and said, you know, he was friends with Bill Hicks, and Bill Hicks really wanted to make it in America. Yeah. He just didn't know how. He didn't know how to conform himself mm -hmm. into what the con confines of, of what American Couldn't television play the game. was. I mean, maybe there wasn't an HBO then that he, that Bill Maher is now sort of, uh, you know, captured with. I mean, Real Time's a great show. Absolutely. And, sure. and, and, and Bill could have done a show like that, but maybe that just there wasn't the possibilities that there are now for him. Look, the bottom, in my opinion, and I've suffered from this as well, Sometimes people don't want to hear about the truth, period. You know, it's not it's not my job to go around telling everybody what the truth is and what's wrong with them. That's my fault that I do that. And some people don't want to hear it. They just want to hear jokes and that's it. And I mean the industry. You can tell them they're fucking it up. You can tell them do a better job, but they're just going to do their job regardless of what we think. So someone like Bill Hicks probably would never, even if he was alive today, he probably would not be a star. I don't care what anyone says. No, I, I would agree with you too. You know, it's like everyone can rally around and say he was amazing he was brilliant and he was this and he was but you know what my dad wouldn't find him funny okay but but you know what i mean yeah like, no i i know what you mean there's, there's people that know there's that people had like jeff dunham who has this crazy mass appeal that i don't wear it my I don't uncle know loves jeff dunham he quotes his jokes to me i just sit there and smile and nod yeah. i never forget this like five years ago i'm at home for christmas and my dad's watching the blue collar tour and larry the cable guy's on and he goes see darren that you know that that's comedy and i said no that's how fucking hitler started and oh, what i uh, and that's too far and i get it i was trying to piss off my yeah. dad and uh, you know equating what that's he does different to hitler. issues that's different issues but you know the the bottom line is is that that's what my dad likes
What can I do about he, it? He also likes Hitler, too, though. <laughs> well, of course he does. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't we all? Well, Hey, what? Hey, he built the Autobahn. You yeah. Know? Hey, but good. I know, but you're not going to appeal to everybody all the time. And if you do, then, you know. But I, that's you, the beauty of comedy is, and that's. Personally, my thing of, with Twitter, with people that are on it, people that are following you are the people that want to hear you. Nobody's being right. forced to follow right. you. Nobody, and and you, your jokes are going to people who are who think it's funny, and that's you know that's how you find your audience, and that's the number one thing for comedians is they have to find their audiences. Everybody bitched about Margaret Cho, and she's not funny, she's not this and that, but she found her audience. And she sold out theaters. So if she's funny or not to you, oh, to your course. own personal opinion, doesn't fucking matter. She sells out theaters. And with age comes a little bit more perspective, <laughs> meaning meaning I'm not as angry as I used to be about yeah. people yeah. liking something I don't like. Yeah, you, I, yeah. I, I didn't. I was hoping that. I'm glad that you said age. I thought you were going to say. And with AIDS, it gives you a whole perspective on what's. <laughs> fun. I, thought, I was like, oh, please don't say AIDS. And then I, then you said age, and I'm 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 grateful for that. So. <laughs> See how a great point was just sabotage. Thank you, like, well, no, you, you got your point. You Thank you, Dave. AIDS, as your microphone wilts like your cock. Where are we all this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I am. Where am I? I'm in Kingston, Ontario. I love Kingston, Kingston, Ontario. Ontario the I time to too. laugh it's comedy a club, town. a club that has to be named and tell you when to laugh. It's time yeah. to laugh. And Dave, where are you this weekend? Uh, I'm in Ottawa, Ottawa, with uh, uh, Julia Lackwitz. That's exactly it, with uh, Julia Lackwitz and Derek Sagan. Okay. And Kathleen? I am in Kitchener, one of my favorite places to perform. I have a lesbian fan club there, and I'm so excited. Um, It'll be fun. Every time I go there, I get molested by a woman. Can you show your beard? (laughs) I show my beard. Yeah. I'm with uh, Don Perry and Shannon Laverty for the Cold Dark January. It'll be so fun. And I did find out that website. If you yes. would like to help out um, Josh Adam Myers with his hospital bills, he's American. You know, it's not the same for them down there. And he's a comic. So Meaning obviously have to he pay has for everything. Money. And yeah. yeah, you're right. His friend Scott has set up um, a donate link at scottboxcomedy.com. Scottboxcomedy.com. So if you can and you love comedy and you want to help out a comic who really needs it, please donate to Josh. And I hope he gets better soon. And uh, we have a Facebook uh, page that's been updated recently. And, of course, the last three episodes have now been uploaded, have they not, David, to iTunes? Yeah, the uh, last three episodes and the uh, the, the a- excellent uh, one-hour special we did with uh, Ron James yep. is uh, up on iTunes. And then our uh, clip show where we play a lot of comics that are going to be uh, making appearances here on the show. Yep. And uh, actually the uh, the first episode that we had uh, since back we've been with back Kathleen. with uh, Kathleen. Yeah. Aww. Oh, yeah. We're a family again. There was a, there was a whole table that did a big woot woot uh, when I mentioned that you were going to be there in Kitchener this coming weekend. Kitchener loves this. I, I I I was there this past weekend, so I got to plug Kathleen. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I know that sounded weird, but that's yeah, that's what we're all about these days. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, so please uh, tune in next week. We're having great guests all this month long. Uh, upcoming guests like James Cunningham from Eat Street. Uh, and also uh, Scott Martin, Thompson, Martin from Kids Scott Hall. Thompson uh, from Kids in the Hall, and is actually touring right now with the other kid in the hall, right? Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald, the other kid in the hall. Yeah. Uh, so we have lots of great things coming up, and we do appreciate you listening to us. And we want to throw a, a thank you to Paul, uh, our producer, and Victoria at XM for uh, letting us do this show again. And we're having a lot of fun, and we hope you are too. <laughs> okay, Darren. What? I don't know, we Can are I not having, be honest are, without are... saying AIDS? Yeah, we are having... Well... I fucking hate both of you. There we go. I smile and wave.